At first glance, the picture appears like a clear-cut case of animal cruelty. The President of the United States, the most powerful man in the world, standing before a crowd of startled onlookers, hauling his 10-month-old beagle puppy up by the ears as it yelps. But was it cruelty? Or just a proud doggy daddy showing off his baby pup? They've got every dog lover in the country raising hell thinking I'm burning them at the stake. Yes, ma'am, I read you loud and clear. Yes, ma'am, this is... Yes, ma'am, this is... This is the president. Nobody's ever done a better job than I'm doing as president. I didn't know that. Damn it. April 27, 1964, was another beautiful spring day in Washington, D.C. The snows have melted, and the nation is beginning to recover from the assassination of President John F. Kennedy just five months earlier. Lyndon Johnson, the 36th president, has taken charge of the ship of state, and life is beginning to return to normal in the nation's capital. Until now. It all started simply enough. While hosting a group of business executives at the White House, Johnson takes them out to the Rose Garden, where his two American Kennel Club registered beagles, him and her, are frolicking in the grass. Yes, the president named his dogs him and her. To demonstrate his command of his canine companions in front of his guests, Johnson reaches out and grabs him by the ears. That's him the dog, not one of the businessmen and lifts the dog up until it yelps. The president then proceeds to do the same for her. When asked by a woman reporter why he did that, Johnson remarked, To make him bark. It's good for him. And if you've ever followed dogs, you like to hear them yelp. Unbeknownst to Johnson, an AP reporter snaps a picture just as the president grabs his pup by the ears, and thus begins Beaglegate the Johnson administration's first canine crisis. The next day, April 28, 1964, started out like any other normal White House day. At 7.50, the president awakened, had a cup of tea, and went down to the West Wing. He spent the morning in various photo opportunities and meeting dignitaries. It wasn't until 11.31 when the president realized the trouble was brewing. He was walking through the West Wing offices when he stopped to glance at some of the daily newspapers. And he didn't like what he saw. Barking beagles get LBJ in SPCA trouble. LBJ hoists beagle pups by ears to hear them yelp. Dog lovers bark at LBJ. LBJ's beagle hoist arouses ire of humane society. Johnson decided it was time for some damage control, so at 11.45 a.m., he called his aide Bill Moyers into his office and announced, Looks like we've got a dog crisis on our hands. After consulting with Moyers, 
Johnson Ring's press secretary, George Reedy, to get the scoop on the scoop. George. Yes, sir. Did you ever talk to that AP photographer? Yes, sir. What did he say? I talked to the reporter. What did he say? Well, he said, well, this is what he saw, and he wrote it. Yeah, well, he's a picture, though, shows that he's a dog standing on his hind heels and had nothing hurt him doing that. He barks all the time. He's been in there barking a dozen times today. Who was it, Doug Cornell? Yes, sir. I don't know what that bitch looks like, and I'll give him a silent treatment for a while. Is, uh, is it, did he carry on the interviews with everybody over the nation, too? Is he what, sir? Did he carry on the interviews with all the... All the no, that Fed experts? In, that came in from their bureaus. So he's got a great uh, great feeling for hurting a dog, huh? Well, I strongly suspect it's just from his standpoint of the story, sir. Yeah. You bet, sir. And as the story continued to spread around the world, the president was still upset. Even the next day, April 29, 1964, Johnson was still complaining about his treatment in the press to anyone who would listen. At 11.30 that day, Johnson was meeting with members of the Central Treaty Organization, an alliance of the countries of Iran, Iraq, Turkey, and the United Kingdom. The members were all waiting for a meeting to start when an office microphone picked up this bit of conversation. Because I can't overemphasize, it looks like a, a drop in the bucket to you. But in the whole overall picture, uh, they'll get upset about you standing a dog up to take a picture in this country. I got a dog lover on my hand because I hold my beagle dog up to take a picture. Yes. The guy taking the picture writes the story. And London's all upset about it this morning, I see. <laughs> you stand, the dog's hind legs are on the floor, you see, and you're holding him just so he can look in the picture. Beaglegate even carried over into the battle for civil rights. One of the Republican supporters of the 1964 Civil Rights Act was Senator Everett Dirksen of Illinois. The Civil Rights Act, initially proposed by President Kennedy in 1963, was high on Johnson's list of legislative priorities. In April 1964, it was stalled in the Senate by a filibuster. Senator Dirksen was one of the key legislators who could help rescue the bill. The only problem, as Johnson explains to Senator Mike Manfield in this April 29th phone call, was that Dirksen didn't approve of LBJ's Beagle Lift. Mike. Yes, sir. What should I tell Dirksen when he starts uh, trying to put me on the spot down here to uh, on the civil rights thing today, just work it out with the leaders? I'm going to tell him that I support the strong civil rights bill. He got out a long interview of what he's going to tell me today before he comes, which is not like him. I don't know what's happening to him here lately. He's acting like a shit-ass. Yeah. Uh, first thing, he said he wouldn't treat his dog like I treated mine. And, oh, I didn't know he said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I said, yeah, I wouldn't treat my dog that way. And it's none of his damn business how I treat my dog. And I'm a hell of a lot better to dogs and humans, too, than he is. <laughs> I stand my damn dog up and hold him by the ears so an AP photographer can get a picture. And another little guy that didn't know what he's doing, he writes a story that, that it's cruel to the dog. And, hell, I've known more about hounds than he ever heard of. But they got every dog lover in the country raising hell thinking I'm burning them at the stake. All of just a big play about nothing because that's all they can get. And Dirksen's right in the middle of it. To... Yes, sir. Uh, put it back on us and stroke his back. That's good. Okay, right, Thank you. Bye, Mr. In the end, 
Dirksen didn't let the president's treatment of his dogs get in the way of providing equal rights to all Americans. Dirksen was instrumental in pushing the bill through the Senate on June 19, 1964. And on July 2nd, President Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act into law. Some people would rest on their laurels after such an achievement, not Senator Dirksen. That's because he wasn't just a senator, he was a pop star as well. Two years later, in 1966, he released a single of one of his poems set to music called Gallant Men. There have been men, brave, gallant. It reached number 29 in the Billboard charts in 1967, not only making him the oldest person to reach the Billboard Hot 100, but also winning the 1968 Grammy for Best Documentary Record. And President Johnson? Well, he couldn't just, as the saying goes, let sleeping dogs lie. A little over a week later, on May 5th, 1964, he again paraded him and her out for the press and, once again, held his dog up by the ears. This time, it was her. And what did her have to say about this? Nothing. Not even a yelp. Hey everyone, Scott here for This is a President. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy what you're hearing, how about rating us or leaving a comment wherever you find your favorite podcasts? And if you want to know even more, head over to our YouTube channel where you can see the pictures and judge for yourself with President Johnson and an animal abuser or lover. That's youtube.com slash this is the president. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. It's free. Thanks again, everyone. See you next time. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Hey, you. Yes, you. So you like the funny stuff, huh? Then you should be turning into another podcast that Harmon and I do called Comedy History 101. In this podcast, we delve into the backstory of all things comedy related. From the history of the Comedy Store condo in LA, the Andrew Dice Clay controversy of the early 1990s, and, more recently, the history of the Trump and Giuliani and drag video. You can find the latest episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Last.fm, Google Play, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Comedy History 101. We school you in comedy. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.